0: Geek Therapy is a humble partner, and you can help support us by subscribing to Humble Monthly, where you can get over $100 in games for just $12 a month. For more details, visit geektherapy.com slash humblemonthly. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. I'm Jose Cardona with Alima Tu. Yo. He's back. I'm back. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. What up? Alright guys, um, this week I think we should start off with uh, a little question from, from one of our listeners. Question Q. So, uh, now that you mentioned question Q, I would like to clarify <laughs> for, for anyone who may have misunderstood me in the past. That, that the, means me. The question Q, when I say geektherapy.com slash QQ to ask your questions, QQ is spelled QQ, letter <laughs> Q, followed by the letter Q. <laughs> I apologize to everyone who, who, uh, for whom that was not clear. I assumed it was clear, but I, I, I was informed that I was mistaken.
1: Thank you for your apology, Husway. I was very confused. I totally thought it was C- <laughs> C-U-E, C-U-E. Oh, and then I wondered, is it Q-U-E-U-E?
2: I think you're the only person that thought that, Ellie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have no response. <laughs> Ooh. I and might you... have been the only person, but I appreciate your apology. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you too can ask a question of the show, and we'll we'll answer it here. Usually, the question queue will be at the end, but uh, this was a, a good question. Um She's uh, B. Becca Rose on Twitter, and she asked regarding our discussion from last week. She said, Regarding the discussion about Chicago Med's intern showing what happens when you don't get help, do you think we should be representing what happens when you do get help more often now to avoid contributing to stigma that people struggling with mental health are dangerous? I was disappointed that Star Trek Discovery did a similar thing because mm. I feel that by now, in 2018, a show about the future should represent mental health and illness in less violent ways. So... Just a quick recap, um, Laura, you're the one who mentioned Chicago Med last week. Right. Yeah. So,
2: so on the show, Chicago Med, they have a relationship with a, a therapist who's running the psychiatry department and an intern. And the intern, something bad happens with a patient attacking the the supervisor, and the intern gets really stressed out about it um, and eventually does something because she's scared of her patients to another patient. Um, Like she maces him in the face. Um, (laughs) And I think, I don't know. I think it's important to note that that particular example is less about the people with mental illness being violent. Um, Yes. In the past there is one, but at psychiatric hospitals, you're going to see maybe not that extreme, uh, but, but more violent patients um it was more about what happens and it's something that doesn't get represented what happens when a therapist doesn't get help Mm. um yeah but as far as uh what happens when showing what happens when you do get help, i think it does need to be portrayed more yeah because general we
0: we probably never see that patient ever again on the show we won't see if he gets better and how he got better and what happened right yeah. And the Star Trek example, uh, specifically, I'm guessing she's referring to the character who uh, he says he has P- PTSD symptoms. And of course, he's a villain. And we also see that he is also going to be quarantined if he says anything. So it's like we haven't, you know, in that future, things don't seem much better than, than they are now. Ali, how do you feel about the, that one? Right, that's I'm guessing that's what she's referring to.
1: Yeah, that was something that uh, Lauren and I were talking offline about uh, this week. And it's it's messy to understand because part of it is introduced as this could be PTSD and then as the story unfolds you also learn that it's um Klingon stuff is going on like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to describe it without spoilers you know Klingon uh, stuff right as as it occurs um but it, with both of these episodes they seem to be supporting that uh that myth that very dangerous myth that people who are struggling with mental illness are in some ways dangerous um when we know that like the data just doesn't fit that it's an incredibly small percentage of people who have mental illness who are dangerous they tend to be more uh if they're dangerous to anyone it's usually to themselves not other people um so i, I overall josue i just didn't really like how that storyline unfolded both from a mental health standpoint, but also from a story standpoint. You know,
0: one of the classic examples in, in geek culture is Arkham Asylum, right? It's it's all the bad guys are crazy, so mm-hmm. we got to put them in the asylum. And there's, you know, a lot of people have written about that and talked about that. We've talked about that in the past. And and I was also thinking about how, Lauren, you and I were talking about horror video games. Like, how often is a horror video game set in an asylum, or the, the crazy people, or the bad people?
3: Hmm. Yep, it's, it's pretty it's, bad. Uh, it's pretty prevalent. I mean, to the point that there there is even uh, a game jam called the Asylum Game Jam, where uh, the premise is to make a game that does not have anything to do with mental illness or take place in any sort of uh, you know mental ward of. In- you know, I, I'm thinking <laughs> of, uh, gosh, what is that game called? Is it Manhunt? Maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one. That's a game.
3: And then... Uh, no, it's not that one. There's Outlast? An, uh, no, it's an no. older one. It mm. was on PlayStation 2. Anyways, it's the in the first one, it, like, takes place in, like, ooh, the crazy hospital. But in the second one, it's, like, you're literally just fighting hobos is, like, the intro into the game. And that's, like, supposed to be, like, oh, the bad guys, protect yourself. And it's, like, mm. oh, my gosh, are you for real right now? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's how, bad. How, can, can you guys think of any examples of someone who, I mean, not even that we saw the process of them going to therapy and feeling better, but that we know that they are where they are because they were in therapy.
1: There's there's examples in Star Trek. In The Next Generation, there's Lieutenant Commander uh, Reginald Barclay, who has a lot of anxiety and we see him in and out of, uh, treatment with, uh, counselor Deanna Troy. He has transport, he has a transporter phobia. And then there's another episode where he sort of gets, um, uh, quote addicted to the holodeck um mm-hmm. and so he's also a character who overcomes those things and really contributes to enterprise and in star trek deep space nine there's a character of nog who does have a uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from losing a limb in the war and we see his process of um of coping with it. He doesn't necessarily go through traditional therapy, but he does get support for it. So here's a, here is another Star Trek, here are two other Star Trek series who have dealt with these stories, these um, uh, stories of mental health and have shown characters who um, get good support for it.
3: I definitely want to see more representation of people getting help and having it be helpful Because sometimes I see like, oh, you know, we'll finally go to therapy and then they have like a terrible psychiatrist who pays no attention to them or only subscribes the meds and doesn't address any other issues or is, I don't know, uh, tries to sexually abuse their clients and stuff like this. Like, can we just have like a handful of... It, good examples,
2: good wholesome examples of healthy <laughs> therapy. I'm thinking of an episode of This Is Us where um, one of the characters, um, she's really overweight and uh, decides to go to a weight loss camp, but it's more focused on what's behind the eating and and mental health, and she's dealing with the loss of her father. Um, and it never really struck her that that was what was going on for her. And there's a, this whole session. It may not be traditional therapy, but she was in a drum circle and just, like, had this breakthrough. And I think I, I'm not completely caught up on the show, but as far as I know, things have been a lot better for her, and she's had more confidence in herself. It's a positive example, someone getting some help.
1: You know, Laura, what you're mentioning to me makes me think about how um, a lot of the work I do, um, some of it actually is like, makes for good drama. (laughs) Like, they're powerful stories of people who are facing incredible struggles and uh, discovering things about themselves and uh, carving out a new way forward. And sometimes the criticism I hear about Uh, doing stories about therapy that are done in a more realistic way is that they won't be interesting. They don't make for good drama. But I... yeah, I hear that sometimes. Like, oh well, you know, a real therapy session would be so boring to show in an episode. You um, should come
2: to work with me for a couple of days. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I think you can. Just like you were describing there, with like that moment of self-discovery of why I eat, there are wonderful stories that you could tell about um, people overcoming these these very difficult things in their lives.
3: Have any of you guys watched uh the show Shrink? It was on CISO, which is now canceled, but um it was a really good comedy show.
0: Is that the one with Lisa Kudrow? No? No. That's
3: another no, one, right? it's uh it's starring um t- Tim Balds, who is a, a a comedian improv guy. There's also um uh, Mary Hollins, uh, a handful of other people you'll probably recognize But um, it's about this guy the, the main character, his name is David And he uh, is graduating from medical school And is um, intending to go into this residency And he turns down every uh, He he gets two residency offers And he turns down one to take the, uh, the quote-unquote better one and then when he gets there, they go, "Oh, we don't have the money anymore, and we're not taking you." And it turned out that he had been kind of rude when he had turned down the other one, so he doesn't he doesn't have a residency to do, and so he decides to become uh, to get his uh, psychologist license by completing the um, the however many number of hours of sessions you need to do, uh, and he does this in his garage, which is. Questionable in in its (laughs) ethics, but it ends up being really funny and touching and and gets into sort of um, his motivations for being there. And he ends up, uh, you know, he needs uh, a licensed psychologist to be, gosh, what's the term? His mentor person. Supervisor supervisor he he goes and finds a supervisor and she's all like are you doing this because you really you know really care are you doing it just because like being a doctor fell through because this is still doctor work and everything It, it, it becomes really touching and it's very funny and it's about this guy learning how to to be there for people like he wants to do it but he's not always the best at doing it it's good. It's very funny and you guys should watch it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Do they show people improving? Yes. Okay. Okay.
3: I think I think uh I mean the the arc of the first season is a is a complete story. It ends in a really good way. I think you guys would enjoy. It. But uh without spoiling any of the the main juicy stuff, there is one part where it's like he's seeing a, a guy who has like an eating disorder. And he's talking to the guy and the guy's like, oh, I can't, I can't see you anymore. Um, I'm seeing like a different therapist. And he's like, but you're my, you're my best one because things are going really well. And he's like, uh, you know, they're not (laughs) really. I just lied to you because you seemed so invested. (laughs) (laughs) And then him sort of dealing with that and being like, oh shit, like how do I you know not put my worth and and well-being on taking care of these people. So, yeah, it's, it's good. So like at least at least
0: said, you know, it might not be fun to or entertaining to watch a a therapist at work, for example, right? And so I have a few examples. So there is uh Sopranos, right, which is not best example of therapy, but I like it that there's this Character who's dealing with I believe he's dealing with anxiety, right? Uh, I think he's getting a panic attack at the beginning of the series and then he goes and Speaks with a therapist throughout the entire series and they add some drama to it like his enemies attack uh, his therapist and there's all sorts of stuff but but there's something about him going and actually Feeling better now there is the the theme that he's feeling better to just be a better gangster and bad guy but that's a that's a different discussion. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, but you go to therapy for, for whatever you need to go to therapy for. So, so that's one example. And HBO has another show called In Treatment. It, it right. went on a while ago. Yeah. And what I liked about that show, it was set up, right? It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So he saw a different client. You saw a different client every day. And then on Fridays, he would see his own therapist. And then you'd go back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And see four different clients and then he'd see his therapist. And again, it's HBO. There's drama. But it I think it did a good job in showing that, you know, these people were not sitting, you know, laying down on a couch facing in the opposite direction. They were having real conversations. They they had real problems. They were reaching insights. You know, there's a part where it also has a it gets difficult for him. That's why he wants to go to his own therapist.
1: In treatment, I think was a pretty good example of it. It it does have some of that um that classic trope of therapists sort of falling in love with their patient stuff playing out. Yikes. Which which always annoys <laughs> me. Um but I just wanna put this out there. I really don't like watching shows about therapy. Uh the fictional shows about about therapy. Doctors it,
0: don't like watching ER and stuff right. like that because yeah. it's all
1: wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like really hard for me to turn off that part of my brain that's like, oh, I would never say that, or like that's not something that therapists do, and it Uh-oh. just it's it's hard to enjoy them for me. So a lot of times people will recommend like, oh, you got to watch this. As as a therapist, you'll love this show. Or as a psychologist, you'll be into that. And I, I watch an episode. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. Like like Mindhunter is a good example of that.
2: <laughs> um, I I'm liked like, Mindhunter.
1: <laughs> it's a good show. Um, but
2: but I, once I again, focusing on... The crazy, the st- like this right. quote-unquote crazy psycho killer, like which really happened. These people were real, but um, it's not as prevalent as people think. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, I mean, that also takes place in the past, so they do a lot of questionable things anyways. Exactly.
2: But uh, (laughs) I
3: wanted to say that I Googled in treatment, and one of the first hits is a Psychology Today article that says, in treatment is great TV,
2: but terrible psychotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) And that made me laugh. (laughs) I just remember watching back to the Chicago Med example, like episodes ago, one time, uh, Dr. Charles, the the supervisor on the show, and I said, hmm, in the exact same way, at the exact same time, like, it was creepy mm-hmm. um, questionable decisions in other episodes but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good moments on there
0: but, you know, on a show like House, for example, right, where it's very questionable the things that House did on that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he always did it to save somebody, right? Like, people were always better off at the end. So even though you'll uh, never find a doctor.
3: I mean, usually.
0: Usually, right? I'm usually. I'm, I'm, I'm not as well informed about House. Uh, but, like, <laughs> like, they're doctors. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save people, you know? Mm-hmm. And where is the the team of super therapists that are helping people, you know? They're they're yeah, the drama comes in like like, man, you messed up or you did something wrong, or you could have done this differently, or things didn't go the way you, you you wanted them to. You did something unethical, but still the idea would be there that, oh, yeah, therapists help people. That's that's great. And the people that come out at the other end, um, better for it.
1: You know, I would actually love a show that's based on a psyche R. Uh, my favorite rotation I did um, when I was at uh, Bellevue Hospital was at the um, psychiatric emergency room. And um, what's so interesting about it is you see so many different families going through so many different things and um, everyone is really in the state of crisis. And so, so many people are kind of rallying around the families in those moments. Um, I think that would make for a really beautiful show that would highlight a lot of things that we talk about here. Um, that would be really cool. Josue, you should pitch that to someone.
0: <laughs>
2: Let me tell
1: you about Mental on
0: Fox <laughs> a few years ago, where every time someone would come into the Psyche ER, they would flash a page of, like, a, like an assessment page on the screen, and they would write out the DSM diagnosis on it. It was painful mm-hmm. to watch. It was canceled after just a couple of, uh, of episodes. Wait, this but this was a real it, thing? This was a real yeah. show. Yeah, it was called Mental on Fox. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was that same feeling of like, I can't watch this. I can't, I can't do it. I can't because I'm too close to it. But the idea, right. Would be, would be kind of cool. And, and go back to the, to the Star Trek thing. You know, I, sometimes I think back to, to, um, counselor Troy and like, she is an
1: empath, right? So she, Mm -hmm. like a really bad one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Since they're, angry at us well yes Troy they're firing phasers like, you get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it's like on the one hand I was thinking
0: like well that's cheating but at the same time bebecca Becca Rose's uh, question is on point like why can't we show the future version of mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. why can't we show like how great it would be if people were more open about the fact that they are feeling anxiety and they can go get super future treatment right that's faster and better and and effective and that's a that's an excellent metaphor for today right there's so many metaphors in star trek about how the future can be better than it is now so
2: in a utopian society where people work to benefit themselves rather than for money i think they would understand and and go get help when they need to
3: yeah that was (laughs) definitely something that bothered me in the in the star trek discovery episode where Ash was so so worried about getting grounded which is funny to say when you're on a spaceship but uh, <laughs> but get, basically he's like oh we can't tell anybody that I'm having these like PTSD flashbacks because then they won't let me go on the super duper important mission yeah. And I'm just like, you live in a super like s- space magic world. You guys really don't have like a <laughs> like a like a patch you can slap on exactly. that yeah. chills you out for a couple of hours, like for reals.
0: And he said he would be quarantined, which is essentially yeah. like, yeah, we're going to lock you up if you if you talk about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And that's a military parallel. Right. But it's also like, yeah, that's what we go through now. And we're trying to
1: work on it. Not even. We didn't improve. We're better than that now. Like, we have better VR therapy in the military and in for civilians than, um, than Star Trek is doing. Like they have the holodeck, they mm-hmm. have way, and we've seen like a version, a very like a, a bit more of a primitive version of a holodeck here on the Discovery. Like they could do some VR treatment for him. Talk
2: about exposure therapy.
1: Right, <laughs> totally. We have a magic 3D printer that can make
0: anything, but we can't make that magic patch that, that Lauren's talking about.
2: Yeah, And
1: I mean, even NASA right now is developing uh, more algorithmic AI type of uh, therapy that can that the astronauts can have on their mission to Mars. Like Star Trek has really done a bad job with um, with showing future mental health. I would say, actually, there isn't a lot of future mental health shown in a lot of genre TV or film.
0: No, I remember one episode of Doctor Who, where essentially everybody there was a pill for everything, right? So anything, any ailment that people had an issue with, they would just take a pill, and that's that's not a good um, representation of future mental health. But it was something, right? It was something trying, Mm -hmm. someone trying to tackle that um, that idea. Come on, Black Mirror, where where's my (laughs) mental health (laughs) therapy episode at?
3: Oh man, so I watched uh Crocodile last night. Oh.
1: <laughs>
3: I was I was yelling at the TV. That's not how memory works at all. Uh yeah. <laughs> Sorry to sidetrack there. I just strong emotional response.
0: Um I believe Crocodile may be my favorite episode, or at least second favorite really?
3: episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh man.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs>
1: I'm We're having gonna a have hard to talk time about that I'm remembering which one is exactly crocodile. that
3: was episode three of the the new season no.
1: crocodile
0: okay. is the one with the the lady that's going that's this and invested the lady from the
3: insurance
1: oh, company Oh I love that episode yeah, yeah. oh my really? gosh. wow yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. all well, right well there, there's mm. there's memory issues yes but one of the things <laughs> that I like is they they um mention how uh, uh, fragile and how uh, memories can be informed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. other information, and how things can get clouded. So, I liked that there was that was mentioned in that oh, yeah. episode. And
0: they pull in the sounds and the and the smells. It's so good. okay,
3: so the, the smell thing was legit, but them saying that oh memories are really fragile was immediately like what they were showing and what they were saying were in opposition
0: i disagree i think you should rewatch
3: because it because memory <laughs> memory is not is not like a video that's no. not how memory works and so like the effect where the the dentist uh sees the woman's jacket is green and then the insurance lady says actually it was yellow and the memory changes to be yellow like that was a cool effect sure but that's like you wouldn't remember it that way at all that's not how memory is saved in the brain like granted we don't know a ton about how brains work it's all still very we're still figuring it
2: out but is it more what they were picturing in their head at the time because if she said yellow then in my head i would picture the jacket yellow yeah
3: and also it's not a memory
2: it's what's going on right
3: then it's also like she played the the music for people who weren't outside where they would have heard the music. Like it's it just the whole thing it would be not usable in like you know, in court no, we need or to have whatever. A f- a, no, no, we, need,
0: we need, you need to rewatch it and we need to re- reevaluate your opinion no. on, on this, yeah.
2: And have a no. whole episode on it. I, th- I think you guys are wrong.
0: No, no, no. That's a, plus, that's
2: okay that you think we're wrong. But I can't
0: believe we're, uh. like, everybody's okay with talking about future and, and, and uh, Star Trek and having a patch that cures your mental illness, but you're not okay with a small machine that interprets your brain signals and outputs a, a video signal. That's I don't I don't know what's what's the issue here, Lauren.
3: Uh, it's that's it's just not how memory works, man.
0: <sighs> so, thank you, Becker Rose, <laughs> for that question.
3: Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. And so, I mean, I think in general, we we agree there there should be. I, I wish that there were way better representations of you know mental health treatment, you know, in the media. I, uh, one of my favorites. If not my favorite graphic novel or comic series is "I Kill Giants," and they just released the trailer um, for the movie this week. What? There's a movie? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana is the therapist, is the school counselor. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! You just blew
2: his mind. Should we pause
3: and go watch this? Like,
1: (laughs) no, no, no. no. But uh, the (laughs) what is this coming at? (laughs) yeah
0: uh, it's it's in september and she is so far away like the representation of the comic book is one of my favorite therapists um because of the way that she that she works with she's uh, doing
1: a little geek geek therapy uh yeah yep absolutely
0: absolutely so i'm really really curious about that so i'm I'm like i'm hopeful of examples like that and and but yeah i don't see too many uh in the future but yeah i hope i hope we do and at the very least like
1: stop showing all mentally ill people as as violent or, or dangerous i agree and I just want to say about that is um, everyone who's listening here, please create content. <laughs> I think one way we can get more stories like uh, I Kill Giants and get movie adaptations and then have Zoe Saldana kick butt in that role is... Um, is if more people who are uh, mentally health-minded, uh, very pro-treatment, have had experiences here, if you create this content, then um, it, it, can, it can change things here. So tell your story, write your story, make your videos, do all that stuff. Like We need more good geek therapy content out there.
0: All right, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our Media Matters segment. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about Humble Bundle. They sell games and comic books and regular books in affordable bundles, and a percentage always goes to charity. They have a subscription service called Humble Monthly that includes over $100 in games for just $12 a month. This month, you get Civilization VI with two expansions, and they just added Owlboy to the deal. And apparently more games are on the way. So you have until February second to get civ Six and Owlboy for just twelve bucks. Geek therapy is a humble partner, which means that we get a little something if you use our partner link, which is geektherapy dot slash humble monthly again to get over a hundred dollars worth of games every month for just twelve bucks with a percentage going to charity, go to geektherapy dot slash humble monthly okay, we're back. Let's do some media matters
1: um Ali, you weren't here last week no so did you did you bring anything? I did. I got a weird one um Go for it. But, but I, I want to bring it. Um, so I was, um, I was actually on assignment doing a little geek therapy thing. I was doing um, a talk at this conference about how to share psychology with people who are not psychologists. <laughs> and um, I was talking a little bit about, about the stuff that we do. And so I happened to be in Las Vegas for a couple of days and, um, Las Vegas is is a very strange place, Uh, and one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas was to go to Star Trek The Experience, but that's gone, unfortunately. And what I used to love about that place is there were a couple of rides there Uh, one of the rides you actually felt like you beamed up and they beamed you up at the time when you didn't think you were going to beam up so it was amazing Um, there was a Quark's bar was there and everything was like in universe and when they give you your bill the Ferengi would say here's your damage report which like I loved and so um, I was really bummed that this thing that I loved was not there but what I did end up Go, um, going to go see is uh, Cirque du Soleil's uh, Beatles show. It's called Love. And it was an amazing experience where I got to share my love of the Beatles with a community of people that I never even met before. And I was thinking about it um, in anticipation of today's show because it's – you know, there's a lot of things in my life where I get to go to a comic con or I get to talk to you all, or I get to play in some kind of arcade and, um, I can frequently share my love of some type of media with people who also love that media, but the Beatles have been different. It's something I discovered way after the Beatles ended. And it's not something that I I don't get to go to like Beatles concerts. Um, so it's, it's probably one of the first times in my life where I was gathered with another community that shares the same love that I do. Um, and that was really cool. So I kind of wanted to bring that up and just share that. And I'm wondering if anyone here's ever had any other kind of experience where you might be, you might really enjoy something or discover something way after it's ended and have a hard time sharing that with other people.
0: Well, it does remind me uh, one time, my girlfriend won tickets on our radio program to go see Scorpion in in concert. They're like a big big hair uh, band from the 80s. And when I was there, a few of my professors were were there. And every time they, uh, when they saw me at the concert, they were like, Cardona, and like high (laughs) five me. And it completely changed my relationship with them. And they were a group that I I really wasn't familiar with, but uh, we definitely bonded. And then I became like one of their favorite students after that
1: nice yeah <laughs> I like that I think I think concerts are an example of that and I yeah. think sometimes uh certain classic movies like um see this a lot with like cult classics where there might be showing there might be a screening of it at a local theater and you connect with other people who really love that um but I think it's it, it is kind of hard and it's also a little rare to be able to connect with people um who love something wh- whose time is gone like way long gone
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, it reminds me mostly of going to a convention, right? Going to a Comic-Con or things like that, where those aren't things that are necessarily finished. Although sometimes they can be. Um, Actually, the whole reason why I started watching Deep Space Nine is because I went to a panel, a Deep Space Nine panel with friends, and I never watched the show. And Mm. after that panel, I was sold. Like, I I fell in love with the actors there and the stories they were telling. So then I, I... and now I watch it. Was that the Dragon Con panel that you mm-hmm. went to? Yep, Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Um Commander Cisco and Jake were there and so was
1: uh I'm jealous. <laughs> 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 it was just them three, but it was fantastic. I'm jealous. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren, do you guys have any? Do you both have any like
3: I'm f- I'm trying to I'm, think of something I yeah, mean I mean my to my brain too. My immediate thought was um the the song of ice and fire subreddit when i first discovered that it was really cool to to you know dive deep into the books with other people who were just as obsessed as i was but uh, that is not finished content so <laughs> i don't think that that counts um
0: i think i think that the interesting thing about what you're saying is that it's not just that you listen to their music now like you're already a fan you saw this complete reinterpretation of of their of their stuff, right? Yeah. It's like it's a Cirque du Soleil show. Is this the one underwater?
1: No, it's okay. um, it, it's all a. But it, it, there's nothing there's no water, there's no in water. okay <laughs> but um it's it's interesting it was made in conjunction with uh, Apple Corpse the Beatles company mm-hmm. and it's sort of a live story interpretation with acrobatics of their music and there's also um they remastered some of their tracks and remixed them um and that album you can buy that's like available everywhere you can listen to it but um to hear it in a theater with people who I was talking to beforehand and to feel Beatles music live in a theater, that was never an experience I had. So it's it's almost like if you're watching like 2001 A Space Odyssey um, for the first time on the big screen, when for like decades you only watched it at home, and now you finally get to see it in the format, in the medium, with the sound, in an environment where it was actually meant to be seen. Uh, I, I had that experience a few years ago, and it, it, I was like, whoa, this movie is ridiculously cinematic and I never really appreciated that at home, but I finally got to see it on the screen. So um it's that whole thing coming together. It was probably the closest I'll ever get to it's definitely closest I'll ever get to being at a Beatles concert.
3: I have I have two questions. What is your favorite Beatles song and did they play that?
1: <laughs> um there's so many that I love. Um, a day in the life is probably my favorite Beatles song. Um, and the reason for that is it's, uh, there's a lot of Paul McCartney, um, in that song. Uh, but there's also a, jo- a lot of John Lennon in that song and you kind of hear both voices. And I think they did. I think they did. I didn't, I don't think they did <laughs> all of it, but they did do, um, like a, a good chunk of it.
3: Come Together is my favorite Beatles song. Oh, yeah. Did they did they play that one?
1: Yes, they Good. did. And they it was a cool <laughs> thing that they did with it. Um yeah. And that's
0: kind of the point of what you're trying to say, right? To to come together, right? That, right. that the media can bring people together even across generations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. and that was what's cool to see. There's a lot of baby boomers, there's a lot of Gen Xers, there's a lot of um uh Millennials, and then there's like young people who are the kids of people who have like grown up with this stuff, and we're all coming together right now mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Me. you
2: <laughs> laura did you did you think of one? No, the closest I have is that I usually i try to stay on top of things now and 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 stay on top of the media that's out there, but I'll jump on a bandwagon like way later like right now with Steven Universe, mm-hmm. which isn't mm-hmm. completed, but like even then, like what's a better example? I had examples in my head and now they're gone. Um, but I'll I'll come back to something that all like musicals like um, mm. with rent and Wicked. <laughs> um, I love those shows. I watched them way after they had been on Broadway for a long time. And I had friends that were like, you need to watch this. You need to go see it. You need to watch this. And then years go by and I finally see it. Rent being, I finally saw it when it became a movie. <laughs> um, but it was more the experience that I knew people that were excited that I had finally seen it and were ready to to get down and talk about it um, or go with me to to see things in the theater. Um, that's that's more my experience rather than something that has completely lost its its charm the Beatles never lose their charm, though.
1: <laughs> Laura, that is a great example, and I often wonder about like certain Broadway shows. If only I could have been there and actually seen so and so play this character. And they don't really do videos of a lot of Broadway shows, so you can't you can't get that experience. You you can hear the music on the CD on the recording, but you can't be there.
2: The Rent. One is special because the movie has most of the Mm -hmm. original Broadway cast. But, um, yeah, I really wish I could have seen the original Broadway cast on stage. Uh It's pretty funny that
3: uh, one one of the guys from... The Rent movie is in Star Trek Discovery, and I yeah, can't. Yeah. I have a really hard time <laughs> separating them. I'm always like, Teehee, it's you." Um, but I, I <laughs> did. Do you I did, expect th- him to burst into song randomly? I mean, I keep hoping he will. Um, he's got. <laughs> he's got the voice for it. But I did. I did think of a personal example. I went and saw a. Um, Alfred Hitchcock double feature in a really nice Mm. beautiful theater in uh, Palo Alto and um, we went and saw uh, Psycho and the Birds which I I had seen the birds before but I'd never actually watched Psycho which was pretty fun to see it for the first time in a theater something that um, I like it's one of those movies where it's like you know it because it gets referenced in everything Mm it's And so it's like watching it was a new experience, but it kind of was familiar. It it was really cool. Of course, the best part of doing that is um, my friend Nate brought a giant crow uh, (laughs) mask and at the end of the... At the end of The Birds, when the, the theater lights came back on, he's giving a standing ovation going, Caw! 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 <laughs> and the people around us turned around and saw him with the mask on started cracking up. So that was kind of a nice uh, uh, group experience there. That was pretty funny.
0: Okay, so, um, Lara, do you have any examples for, for the media matters? Did you bring anything?
2: Did I bring anything? Yeah. Uh,
0: I can skip you. Know, you. I,
2: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a lot to talk about, but it's all Steven Universe, and I don't want to spoil things for Ali, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs>
2: since I've watched an entire season in a week and a half. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> um, I do have to say that there's been some really poignant moments for me, Um back before these other two joined us that we, Josue and I have talked about several times how I lost my mother when I was 11 years old. Um, So having scenes with, with Steven trying to figure out his relationship to Mm. his mom and missing her um, have been really heartwarming and, and sometimes tough to watch, but, but in a good way. So Mm. I think everybody should watch Steven Universe.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm ele- 11 episodes in, and um, I, I got to say, I love Steven so much. Um, such a great character. So warm, kind, fun. um and, uh, yeah, I, I want to echo that. And I, I, wanted, I was listening to last week's episode, and, Laura, everything you were saying, I was just, like, nodding with. Like, you said, like, it's amazing how much they pack so much into 10 minutes. And then also, like, how they're just very slowly revealing the whole larger storyline. I mm-hmm. love it. It's, it's, it's great. It only gets better.
0: Oh, it's
3: so good, you guys. I'm so glad you're (laughs) watching. I went back
1: to the first episodes and I was like,
0: Oh man, the animation's really rough and the voices are like a little different. Like ooh, Mm -hmm. it feels and and it's still amazing. But it's nowhere near what it is later. Hmm. You guys have a lot of a lot to look forward to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, do you have any examples that are not Steven Universe?
3: I do. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I watched the first and second episodes of Black Lightning last night.
0: Oh, good, good, because that was on my list too.
3: I really enjoy it so far. I'm very impressed. I think it's really cool. And I think as far as the media matters aspect, it has been really lovely to see the um the black artists and streamers and um uh, video game makers that i follow on twitter talking about how much that they're enjoying the show and um you know seeing people who look like them and and that really warms my heart and and it's also really enjoyable for me to watch cuz uh it like these people are awesome and black lightning's kind of cool
0: yeah yeah. I mean in terms of representation, fantastic.
3: Yeah, I I could not think of uh the, one of Black Lightning's his older daughter is um uh, I don't know if she's bisexual or lesbian but she's she is in a relationship with a with a, another black woman and mm-hmm. I I cannot think of a, another example of two black women being in a relationship on a TV show let alone you know, CW style show, and then it's really beautiful. To-
0: <laughs> and it's good to see the father being like, like accepting of it. You know, uh, so, so yeah, representation is great in Black Lightning. But there was something in the second episode that really bugged me. It's mental health related. So the the relationship between Black Lightning and his ex wife is is strained, and they they broke up in part because he was Black Lightning, and she's she she didn't like what it was doing to him. So then. She says many times in the second episode that he is addicted to being a superhero, that he is addicted to his powers. And then she has a conversation with Black Lightning's friend, and she says, no, you know he's addicted to his powers. And the friend says, no, I don't think he's addicted to his powers. I think he's addicted to you. And the use of the word addicted so many times in that context (laughs) was very difficult to watch. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a little difficult to watch.
3: Yeah, I definitely in that scene. It's like, oh, this is your addiction speaking. I'm like,
2: mm-hmm. oh, so hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> so hard to watch.
3: Yeah, though. Uh, that being said, his his ex wife is like so gorgeous, and I love her haircut so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's good. Black Lightning is really good. I have an example. Um... A positive positive one this was one, this kind of funny I think uh, so I was watching The Gifted which is the X-Men series and there was a scene where two Hispanic people go into a club and they talk about the fact that neither of them likes reggaeton and I love that because it's like it's like uh, going against a stereotype like uh, oh like all Hispanic people like this type of music or this type of thing and it was refreshing as a Hispanic person who does not like reggaeton to, <laughs> to hear two Hispanic people uh, both agree that they do not
2: I like reggaeton. <laughs>
0: but, 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 I, I but I don't, and, and, and not all do. Hispanics do.
2: <laughs> no, they don't.
0: It was like one thing in, a, in an episode, I was like, oh, this is fantastic.
1: <laughs> I love that moment of validation right there, and that's why we so need lots of different uh, forms of represent, representation mm-hmm. um, because it's, you can't just paint one group of people in one way. Like, yeah. there's so much diversity within groups.
0: Again, we can point out the bad stuff, but it, it, it's also good to point out uh, the good stuff. We need to especially point out the good stuff because there's there's usually more bad stuff. So I saw an episode of Legion. And this is also a mental health thing. And so there's a scene where this character is having a... He's freaking out. Let's, let's use that clinical term. And,
1: <laughs> and so
0: he is able to then create, essentially, or separate the rational part of his mind... And then the rational part of his mind essentially walks him through how to resolve the problem. And he's like calm, cool, collected, and is really able to help um, the rest of him kind of focus and and underst- not, not just understand what's happening, but find a, a solution. And I love that. I love the 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 metaphor there. I love the and the visual of him, of him, uh, you know, speaking to the rational component of his mind.
3: It's, it's also pretty good good because that actor is um, actually British. And the
0: rational part is British. It's fantastic if you get, the, yeah, yeah, if you get it's that. Good,
3: it's good it's a good goof.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I really I liked that first season. I wish that they had uh, not abandoned the mental illness thread like, halfway through.
0: Well, I I really like the idea that someone who has been told his entire life that he has a mental illness is told it's not a mental illness, it's a, it's a power. And depending, that doesn't apply to every situation, but there is something to be gained from not seeing your, the way that your brain works, right? The atypical way that maybe your brain works, the abnormal way that your brain works as not always a problem, but being able to use it to... Achieve something, you know, that maybe in an easier way that maybe other people cannot. And I believe that that metaphor is pretty, pretty useful. And I like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of like destigmatizing mental illness and that, oh, it's not necessarily a terrible thing. It's just different. But I don't like basically saying like, oh, it's not mental illness at all. You're magic.
1: As uh, someone who has not seen the show at all and is now going to proceed to pass judgment on it, which is How the internet works, I think. Um, (laughs) That's why you're here. Right here, Ali. (laughs) Um, Hearing the conversation, it also sounds like it's um, perhaps speaking to how we culturally define uh, mental illness and how so um, much of it is um, in one context can be a problem and in mm-hmm. another context it could not be just based on cultural norms and definitions of it and all that sort of stuff. Does that play into the show? This idea that like it, humans might be conceptualizing it as a mental illness, but a m- mutant population would not?
0: Well, it is the, the classic X-Men story of all these people are different, and different is bad to the humans. And the X-Men are always showing that different doesn't have to be bad. Some of us are bad, and some of us are good. And it depends how we use our powers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This particular mutant's abilities are interpreted as mental illness, and he's medicated, and he's taken to a mental hospital because people don't know how to deal with it. It seems to take place in the 60s or 70s, which... Um, Right. It can add layers to that it keep, conversation. It keeps
3: it, yeah, it keeps it very vague as yeah. to what time it is, which I actually, I love from a design perspective. The yeah. outfits and, and set design is great. They're great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, like, a, a negative thing is that a lot of stuff happens in this mental hospital, and it's not a, it's horrible what the way that they're showing everybody in this mental hospital, it's like it's not it's not a uh, flattering depiction of a mental hospital at all, and really bad things happen there too.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. that's a that's a trope that uh, continues. But I I, I do like um, a so lot. Of what I guess
3: done. it it does it does a. I, I can't. I mean, I guess it's been a while since I watched it, but I don't remember that any of the other people who are in the mental hospital doing anything violent.
0: No, no, but they're just depicted as weird and silly, and like the guy standing under the tree, things like that. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, you know, like there's, that's not what everybody's like in a in a mental hospital.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But yeah, I mean, it's they have you know they have a line where, uh, gosh, the main character's name is also David, huh? Mm -hmm. Um. so many Davids, uh, but basically, like Josue, like you said, where it's like, oh, you're not mentally ill, it's your powers, and, and David says, well, what if it's both?
1: Hmm. And
3: that's really what I thought that they were going to do, and I was so excited for them to uh, like get into that in in the show, and I really feel like they, they didn't. Hmm. But, you know, I don't know, maybe the second season will bring it, bring it up again.
0: Now, technically, the comic book version of the character basically has a dissociative identity disorder, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, that's controversial in itself. Like, I'm not gonna get into that. But in the comic books that he has um, a DID and then he actually has, like, he he meets that qualification. He has different personalities within his body and each one has a different power. So the way that they handle it in the comic book, he's he's, he's a very different character from what we've seen so far. Because there's no indication of any of that right now. Yeah. They they were focusing on schizophrenia because he was uh, having delusions and hearing voices.
3: I just hope that, I don't know, I guess I just, I really like the idea of having some sort of fantastical element and still addressing mental health. I, yeah. I want there to be something like that, you know?
1: I think it's it's really interesting, Lauren, what you're saying here and Josue, um, It. Actually makes me want to watch a show, um, which do that's what we're it. here um, for. Uh, no, <laughs> there's not enough time. I have to do Steven Universe first and rewatch Star Trek Voyager, which is the other thing I'm doing right now. Uh, but it makes me think about um, uh, the whole idea of mental health within the mutant population, and it makes me think of Logan and all the different um, threads that were happening in Logan, um, b- both with. Um, Logan, Wolverine, uh, with Professor X, Xavier, as, and then also, um, is it X-33? 23. 23. Oh, so close. Laura is her name, right?
2: I don't remember what I her think name. her name is Laura.
1: Um, each of those was showing a different aspect of mental health, and I thought it was done really well. I mean, they didn't explore any, any type of treatment stuff, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, and I think that's a really... Interesting idea, like, w- w- dementia and also being the most powerful mutant in the world, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Disastrous results, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Or um, Logan, who is someone who can heal, um, and that's, you know, slowing down in there, but who's also really... Dealing with the consequences of his life and where he is right now, I don't know. It's it, that that movie kind of spoke to some of those themes that I think you were talking about, Lauren. Um, I thought it did that pretty well.
0: Okay. Any other examples for media matters? No. Only one person talked about Steven Universe. We did. We did good this week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Only
0: one person brought it up. Um, okay. All right. So so let's do let's do our wrap up segment. Um, everybody, I want you to choose either some sort of homework for for our listeners, right? A suggestion, something they uh, you think they should they should check out. Or tell us about something that was like some sort of power up, or, or really uh, great for you. Like the the first time we did it, it was you know what made you happy this week. That type of idea, whether it was an insight or, or anything. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of a power up. So anybody have one ready?
1: I've got one. um okay. uh, th- this one's a it's a different kind of power up. So um, I, I shared this with the uh, with you all on on our Slack, but uh, Lincoln Parks, Mike Shinoda. Just came out with a um, three-track EP honoring uh, Chester uh, Bennington, who died earlier this year. Uh, the lead singer of Lincoln Park. He uh, he was lost to suicide this this past year. And um, Mike Shinoda is sort of um, he, he came out with these three tracks, and they really are tracks that speak to the grief that he's going through. And why I'm recommending this is um, they really capture a lot of the complex grief that um, so many of us who's lo- lost someone to suicide feel. Um, I lost my brother to suicide a, a long time ago, and there's a track he has called over again and it's all about um, sometimes you don't say goodbye to someone only once you say goodbye over and over and over again and I thought these three tracks together are just a really uh, beautiful true experience of someone who has lost themselves uh, or lost that person and they're really uh, struggling with it and trying to deal with it and struggling with it so um, I recommend those three. And he also has uh, YouTube versions of the tracks that are just really raw videos about him and what he's going through. And I think he's, it's awesome that he is doing this and probably helping not only a lot of the fan community to cope with what's happened, but also just sh- showing that it's okay to be in grief and to just be in the middle of that.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it'll be. I mean, we haven't talked about music um, a lot, um, especially since we re- relaunched the show. I don't think we've talked about it at all, but it's definitely under the category of like things that sometimes you take just one one line out of a song. You yeah. can take it completely out of context, but it can be so meaningful and and it can it can really be helpful. And I think that I, I want to check out these songs because it sounds like not only was it was it helpful for Mike Shinoda, um, it's going to be great for fans of Chester and for people who have shared. That experience, right, of losing yeah. someone to suicide. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, one thing that Mike does. Um, the the EP, I should mention, the album's name is "Place to Start," and in one of the first tracks, it ends with all these voicemail messages that um, people have left Mike Shinoda from fans. Wow. From well, I think they're from I think they're from his fr- uh, friends or people in the band, okay. just saying, "Hey, man, I haven't heard from you. I hope you're okay. Feel free to call me, but you also don't have to call me." Um, hmm. So I, 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 it's. It's doing a lot of stuff here, um, yeah, and yeah. one of the things it's doing is just showing that it's okay to be in this state.
0: Got it. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Lauren, do you have one?
3: Um. Yeah, I actually started keeping this in house. I watched uh, Ali's most recent episode on his YouTube channel. Oh. Um, and it was. A really touching video about being an, a parent, and uh, it was vulnerable and beautiful. And your daughter is super cute, <laughs> uh, and I only teared up like four times.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a, a good video. We should um, put a link in the show notes.
1: That is, that's very sweet of you to say. Um... Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes tip about that. So it's um, – if you haven't seen the video, it's it's me holding my daughter. I'm sort of um, feeding her as I'm kind of talking about the experience of becoming a parent. I did not realize until after I finished recording that episode that my right hand was covered in poop. Um I- <laughs> no, I'm definitely watching that video.
3: Oh, oh that's I, a that's a good behind the scenes. Right.
1: I um I I changed her diaper right before recording that video and in the in the like haste of trying to get a video do- trying to feed her and get a video done at the same time, which was like really chaotic, I forgot to um I forgot to clean my hand. So there you go.
3: That's super funny. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the true parent
0: experience.
1: I know, I know.
0: I have poop on me? I didn't know I had poop on me. You must be a parent. How long has this been here? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: This seems pretty dry. Uh-oh.
2: Where else did I get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Lauren. That's very nice of you. Lauren, what you got?
2: What do I got? Um. So mine's going to be a little power up. So... I've had a really rough work week. Everyone's been sick, so I've been doing everything at the office on my own. And at the end of the day, I've been loving watching Jane the Virgin with my wife. Um,
0: Rogelio is the best character ever made on, for television.
2: Um, Rogelio <laughs> is amazing. Um, I, honestly, I think the best character is the narrator, though. Yes. So the show is, based, is basically the format is supposed to be like a telenovela and um jane gets inseminated before on accident before mm-hmm. she's ever had sex mm-hmm. um and so it is amazing and funny and ah oh, i love it everything i'm laughing all the time i i started watching it with my wife because she watches tv before bed and i was reading and I would be like, "Damn it, turn this off! I'm trying to read." And all of a sudden, I look up and I'm like sucked into the show. So now I gave up on reading the book I was reading, <laughs> and I'm watching <laughs> Jane the Virgin with her every night. Uh, Did you just start? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. She's on season two. Okay. Now? okay. yeah, we're on season two. Yeah. yeah. I I kind of sometimes I'll she'll watch more after I fall asleep, so I miss parts, but it's been okay. It's been good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And there's a a, a strong female character, um, strong female characters, right? And and uh,
2: all of them. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and a strong Hispanic family also is mm-hmm. the, you know, are the protagonists of the show. I think I think that's super important. And you have different generations. So you have, you know, an, an, an older woman in her 60s. And she's also an immigrant. And she's dealing with all this stuff. But they're Yeah, I love that show. It's really good.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Laura, I love that it's... uh, One of the ways it's a power-up for you is it's also, like, something you're looking forward to watching with your wife.
2: Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's such a power-up for me, too. Like, shows that I can find that I can watch with my wife together and we can just share that love of it together.
2: And we watch a lot of shows together, but I think the one I look forward to the most is... Usually she watches something funny before bed, and Mm -hmm. so we're watching that there's been another show uh one day at a time i think that's been on netflix is rebooting mm-hmm. it as a and it's a hispanic family too yep. um she's my wife's making an effort to watch things that don't star all white people mm-hmm. and i am i'm very okay with this um but these shows we've been watching have been great um and i love it
0: <laughs> and so for me i think uh it came yesterday where i played a brand new video game called Celeste and you know sometimes you find a thing that's like comfort food. I bought this new game called Celeste, and i think I think that's going to be like one of my comfort games because it's very challenging and at the same time very rewarding. but it has and I talked to Lauren about this we we did a stream on twitch and but it has this assist mode where you can make pretty much any aspect of it easier so at any at any moment during the game so my my comfort food can doesn't have to suddenly turn into this frustrating thing that I can't overcome, I can just play this game with really cool music and cool graphics, and it's a lot of fun, and I feel like a badass while I'm playing it. And if it gets too hard, I don't have to stress myself out. I can just make it easy for a second or skip a level and then go to the next part. I, I love it. I, I hope more people um, play it and kind of uh, take inspiration. Uh, you know, Game designers, in particular, take inspiration from that kind of uh, design aspect. Um, but I think I think it's definitely one of those like uh, comfort games for, for people. It's a, it's a mm. 2D platformer with a lot of charm. And there's some mental health stuff in there, too. Uh, But I I will definitely talk about that um, at a later date.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's it for GT Radio uh, this week. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, Ali, you never plug your YouTube channel. Go ahead and do that. Lauren had to do it for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I am at youtube.com slash the psych show and uh, make short videos about psychology and mental health and trying to make it fun and easy to understand. If you want to see my daughter as well as my hand poop, there it is. (laughs) 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 And where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, at Alimattu, A-L-I-M-A-T-T-U. Lauren, how can people find you?
3: Uh, I am at Chicken Dinosaur on Twitter.
1: Laura?
3: I'm at Geek
2: Therapist on Twitter.
0: And I'm Josue A. Cardona on Twitter. Again, go to...
2: Ask us questions. QQ. That's the one right yeah.
0: Yep, yep. And if you have any questions for us, we have a couple uh, lined up. We, we ran out of time, so we'll answer them next week. But yeah, any questions, go to geektherapy.com slash QQ. That's spelled letter Q, letter Q. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep, and we'll be back next week. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com geektherapy.